Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Miller Francesco, and I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. We have a special guest today that we're going to get to in a few minutes. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. We pre-recorded the interview so we could go a little bit longer for you guys because Zoom's been being weird lately uh, with time restraints and stuff like that. We're going to get that fixed, but um, yeah, we got a really special guest on today. Yeah, Randy uh, Borg, yeah. who was a part of uh, the 71 National Championship team and uh, has a, a unique the distinction of being the playing for the last year of uh, Bob Devaney's career and the first year of Tom Osborne's career. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, a whole bunch of questions we're going to ask him, but, but uh, our little upfront news segment here, not a lot going on. We'll, uh, we'll get the big not really. days. Uh, what we yeah, do you want to let, let's talk a little bit about Scott Frost there. Um, I, he caught a lot of flack for, um, he didn't, he, so basically the way that this works, the coaches will come out and then they'll have like an opening statement or something that they'll talk about there, like basically something that they've prepared ahead of time. If they have it, not ever, it's not expected that you have it. It's not like a big deal. Like if they don't have one, um, Frost came out and he didn't like, he didn't really say anything. He could have said like, Hey, thanks for being here. I don't have an opening statement. Um, but I'll take any of your questions. He just said, he just came out and was like, okay, let's get into questions. And I mean, I, I, I get that you just want to get to the questions, but maybe it's a little bit better if you can just like, at least say that you don't have an opening statement because then what uh, came after that was probably 15 seconds or 10 seconds of silence uh, because no one had questions prepared and like no one was ready for that. Uh, And it was just really awkward to watch him up there just kind of standing there waiting. And the whoever the MC is that asks all the questions was in the microphone saying like, oh, we have any questions like, come on, guys, we got to have at least one question like that kind of (laughs) stuff. It's just like like that just must be so awkward to stand up there and have to deal with that. But um, I I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I don't know what you think, Grandpa. Well, I I can't I can't argue anything that you've said. I I think these these interviews are pretty much meaningless. You're going to get questions. I mean, I guess coming into that thing, Scotty has four losing consecutive losing seasons and and the program has five consecutive losing seasons. Okay. You're not going to be too uh, uh, upbeat coming into that. Um, But having said that a guy who gets paid, you know, $5 million a year or whatever, I guess his paycheck got lowered in the off season, but whatever, this is your job. You need to go there. You're the spokesperson for the, for the football program. And uh, I can guarantee you, uh, Trev Alberts would have not, uh, I don't think he liked that. I bet you they had a little meeting afterward and say, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, I'm just kind of torn. I don't want to make more of it than it is. Wins and losses are going to be uh, the, the name of the game coming up this fall. I have, obviously, I mean, that's, not that's Captain Obvious, but yeah. uh, to be a little classy and say, "Hey, thanks all for for you guys being here," because I think that was the first uh, first interview uh, of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So thanks for being here, and I'll, I'll answer any of your questions. One of the things that was a bit awkward. Somebody said, "How do you define success?" And then a guy said, "Is would that be twelve and zero?" And and uh, and Scott just kind of glared at him. And I, I think the way to handle that would have been. 
geez, we hope we're 12 and 0 in yeah. the regular season. That's what we're striving for. Sure, we'll take that yeah. and go on to the next question. But he glared yeah. at the guy. And I, I that's to me, it's I don't know. I yeah. That, I feel like there's, that's crossing a line a little bit. I don't know if he meant to glare at the guy. He did look a little bit just teed off in general right. for the entire thing. Right. I bet that none of these coaches really like doing this and just because he, I could have, I could have predicted what questions he was going to get asked. Sure, absolutely. and they were asked in they were asked in multiple different ways that made it seem like they were a different thing, and then he would just basically answer. Basically, what he said was, "We're we were." Uh, hopeful for a chance to be competitive this year. We weren't competitive. We were competitive last year. We just didn't make some of the plays. And then, of course, that leads into the question of how are you going to make that plays? And he said, well, it's a couple different things. Uh, and then that leads into special teams. And then, I mean, it's it's really predictable as it is for all these coaches there. And I think you just have to I, – I know that he's kind of done getting all the flack and from – the media for kind of tanking Nebraska over these past few years, which, I mean, he seems to be taking full credit for. He said it multiple times that that's on me, that's on the coaching staff. Um, but I think it's kind of getting old to the media and to Husker friends in general to hear him say, oh, it's on me, it's on me. Just keep saying, like, the first time I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, you'll do the best to fix it. We still, I mean, if this season doesn't work out, I think he's gone. Yes. And I think that's for the best because sure. if he's saying this is on me, this is on me, and he doesn't do anything to change it. I mean, if he tries to do something to change it, it doesn't work. And he keeps saying, Oh, this is on me. I don't want to see another change. I don't need a six year to see if you're going right. to figure this out again. You got 16 guys in the transfer portal. So I don't need a six year. Just go. I don't, I mean, if you're not going to figure it out by year five, which I think has gone on a little bit too long, honestly. Um, the transfer portal has probably saved his butt right now. If if the transfer portal wasn't a thing, I think he might be closer to the edge of being uh, to the to the brink of being fired. Uh, if it wasn't that he could flip the team so fast with the transfer portal, um, but I'm I, honestly, I mean, it's this year. It's you either succeed or you're done, and I think that that's a it's getting to a consensus amongst uh, Husker media sources, big 10 media sources that um, if, if Scott's not doing well this year, then he's going to be gone because Nebraskans and the sport in general really can't take it. Uh, Nebraska can't be three and nine. Yeah. This in no, four and eight. No, they can't, no, it's not, no, it's not how this no. works. Um, it's not good for college football. It's not good for Nebraska, the state. Uh, it's not good for Nebraskans. It's not good for those kids. Um, to to not have some success, and if it's not going to be Scott Frost, there are a bunch of other coaches that could take his spot that I would love to see there. Um, I get a to... kick. I get a kick out of of uh, Husker fans who say, "Who are they going to get? You get rid of Scott Frost. Who are you going to?" I said, "There'd be a line." Exactly. For, you know, six million dollars a year. Come on, there. It's Nebraska. Oh, it's a exactly. Big Ten. It's the exactly. second biggest conference in college football. Yep. I mean, we're adding UCLA, USC. That's going to attract even more people that want to go there. There are some great coaches in the group of five that don't have, like Luke Fickle was at Ohio State. He went to right. Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to fall off a cliff in a few years once all those guys from this past season are gone because, I mean, they can recruit, but it's not the same level as those uh, power five schools because Cincinnati's not going to be in the playoff ever again, um, at least not in the next couple decades. 
Uh, not not a couple, but at least not in the next 10 years or so. Uh, so Luke Fickle would be amazing. Like there's a bunch of people that we could just go through and say, like Scott Frost is gone. Who else are you going to get? Okay. Luke Fickle, these, like all these guys, Billy Napier. Uh, well, actually he just got hired, but um, like there are so many guys that you could easily get to come to Nebraska because with all this money that's flowing around college sports right now, college football in, in, in specific uh, that any of these coaches would really come anywhere for a large sum of money. Some of them, there are some that I don't think would that are very loyal to their program that have been there for a long time. Um, but I mean, you see like Brian Kelly, Notre Dame coach left Notre Dame for LSU because LSU is an sec LSU makes more money, pays him more. Like it, there has to be something about that uh, in, in that, deal because he was at Notre Dame for a while and he was having success, um, but it's Notre Dame. So if yep. Notre Dame had joined the big 10, maybe he would have stayed, um, but he jumped ship for the sec. And I think we're going to see a lot of coaches start to do that. And uh, yeah, I, I hope that Frost figures it out this year uh, for my sanity's sake, watching these games and also Nebraska's sake and uh, college football's sake. But if he doesn't, there's, there's a lot of other people we can get. I think the uh, and that leads us to you know, we were talking about who would replace Scott. I'm sorry we're getting into that conversation because we haven't even kicked off to the 22 season. But yeah, you have Mickey Joseph there, who is uh, you look at his uh, resume, where he's been, and and the players he's developed. I got to believe that uh, that Mickey would be, and you and I both got to visit with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a good man, and I. I if he isn't a head coach at Nebraska someday, he will be somewhere else. Somewhere Somebody's else. There. Yep. Somebody's sure. going to get him. He's uh, and he bleeds yeah. Husker red. Uh, there's, there's, you know, he has made that very, very apparent. Um, so you kind of think that Mickey left, uh, of course, Ed Orgeron got fired and, and they fell yeah. times after Jimmy Burrow, uh, not Jimmy Burrow, but uh, uh, Joe. Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow left, left. Yeah, and Jamar uh, Chase and Justin yeah. Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you got to figure that yeah, it's a chance to come back to your alma mater. I get that. But I, he understands the potential and the Big Ten. Um, and I, I would not be surprised if uh, – I mean, I don't want to I, – I hope that Scott Frost stays on as a success here and we win a ton of games and he stays. As, I don't want to go Same. through the coaching change. It's set – then you got to wait for that guy to get his players, his coaches. It's like, oh, I'll yeah. By then, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I, I want, I want the Huskers to succeed this fall. I want Scotty to to uh, succeed. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, I mean, fall camp is begun. I think we're on day four or something is going to yeah. be Monday because I don't think they do it during the weekend. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, I know the day three was Friday. Uh, so fall camps begun seasons about four weeks away. We'll get to prove in time pretty soon. And it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm excited. I yeah. can't wait for, uh, for Dublin, Ireland. Exactly. Against Northwestern. Hopefully, uh, we should, we should destroy them, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, who knows? I mean, right. sometimes it's a coin flip. Uh, all right. So uh, we will get into our interview with Randy Borg that we pre-recorded. It's uh, a lot of fun. We hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, before we go to that interview, uh, we just want to say thank you guys so much for listening every week, uh, downloading. Uh, Cole Pensick was great last week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed him. 
And um, yeah, just tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone on the street, um, <laughs> tell people in that go tell the employees that whatever Husker merch store you go to uh, the one in Omaha, I go to a lot of Husker hounds. Um, there's one in Estes park. I know that there's a, there's a bunch of Husker places where you can get Husker stuff. Tell people in there. They, they'd absolutely love it. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll get into that Randy Borg interview right now. But today uh, we're going to get into our interview and we have a special guest. Every, every guest we have on will is special, right? We don't get exactly shop liver. We get the cream de la cream. Exactly. Uh, and I first met Randy, gosh, about 40 years ago, something like that. He came to my office, 87th and Dodge, and I think he was working for a furniture dealer. And, and, uh, and then so after the meeting was over, Randy and I talked about obviously Husker football. So I've known him. And I hate to say that 40 years, that's a long time. That's a long time to live, let alone to know somebody that length of time. But but uh, we have with us today, Randy Borg, and uh, he is, I, I did a little research on this. Uh, I mean, I mean, I knew it anyway, but I didn't know it. Uh, the teams that he played on, he was played on uh, uh, from 71 to 73, if, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the three years yeah, of, that's uh, that he played. And no, no team in Husker history has produced uh, uh, an Outland, a Lombardi Trophy, and a Heisman Trophy, and a national championship. Uh, and Randy played on that team and was an integral part of it. And we're just obviously very excited to have Randy Borg. Now, my favorite, n- number 19. So welcome to the podcast today, Randy. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Doing great. I happened. Yeah. To, I watched. I watched your interview that your daughter did with you. It was done about a year ago. Yep. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but uh, you got to be very proud of uh, your doctor. She's a, an MD. Yep. And uh, Jamie is her name, right? Jamie. Yes. Yeah. She played softball at Nebraska, and then she went on to medical school, and and now has a family of three daughters and a husband, and is very busy. Is she in Omaha or Lincoln? Elkhorn. Oh, Elkhorn. Okay. All right. So anyhow, um, we're, uh, we've, we've had, I don't know how many guests we've had on will, uh, I haven't counted. I need to do that at some point, but I think it's Johnny Rogers around seven. Yep. He had one of his teammates on there, Johnny Rogers and, uh, had a great time with him, but you know, I, I look back on, on Randy's career and Randy, you, you, uh, grew up in Alliance, Nebraska. And yes, sir. that's not a small town. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a small town, but there's, you know, uh, it's probably 9,000. So we, yeah. we were, and at that time we were class A schoolings for sports. I, I wow. always figure that any team that or in any town that has a Dairy Queen in it can't be small. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely had a Dairy Queen. Oh, that was, <laughs> and then you got Car Hinge, which is not far. Be, oh, that is that's just a, up north of town. I love it. I absolutely love it. And then you get out north of there and you go up to uh, the, uh, Pine Ridge, the, the Nebraska yep. National Forest, and it's it's, man, I, I every time I go out to the those areas, I just I love it. I, it's it's a breath of fresh air. I, I, I don't. Do you get back there very often, Randy? Well, my mom, my mom and dad have passed away. My sister still lives there, so I get back from time to time. Not as regular as I used to. Yeah. Um, one of the questions, and and we have a limited amount of time, and I I, I we're gonna. Try to correct that in the future, but uh, you played. 
you play with some of the greatest players to ever play, maybe in the game of football, you know, Richie Glover, um, Larry Jacobson, um, you know, uh, obviously Jeff Kenny and Johnny Rogers. And I mean, it just goes on and on. And, and then I, I was going through the list and, and I've talked with Bob Lingenfeller before he's from Plainview, Nebraska. Plainview, Nebraska. Yes. And I met Steve Rundy, have talked with him several times. He's from Ogallala, right. uh, neck of the woods. Um, and of course, Jeff Kenny's from McCook. Did, did you guys, I mean, coming from such small towns, did you, was there a bond there or something like, hey, we, you definitely knew them before because they were, they were kids you played against in high school. So it was somebody you could, I, as a, as a young, after going through the freshman season where you're not really exposed to the varsity players, when you went through the spring ball that season, it was definitely nice to see a familiar face around, whether it be Steve, whether it be Jeff Kenny, some of those kids you participated against high school with. I mean, did, did you did you say like, wow? I mean, the, that was always the the thing for me growing up with with Husker football is that these kids came from small, you know, they didn't come from you know Texas and and uh, and you know these flashy West Coast and all that. They came from the, the heart of Nebraska, and I always I always I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. I we had some aha, you had some aha moments like the first home game. When you went out on the field, um, your first offensive and defensive plays, those are things that come back that you do remember. And you're, you're, uh, you're pretty excited. Adrenaline is an amazing substance. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine so. Um, Yeah. So uh, we ask, I think almost everyone that every guest we have on the podcast about like, basically how did you get into Nebraska football? What was your recruiting process like? As a player, uh, we talked to uh, Russ Hochstein about uh, his recruiting process coming from uh, being in Nebraska, um, and he said that he was basically just he was basically just sold on Nebraska. There was nowhere else he was going to play. And then versus Jordan Westerkamp, who we had who was our first guest, who talked about how he kind of had to be sold on Nebraska because he's not from uh, he's not from Nebraska. He, he was in Chicago, uh, the Chicago area at least, but. Um, what was it? What was the recruiting process like for you? Did you know as soon as Nebraska gave you an offer that you were going to go there? Or well, was I was I was a, a young man that was sold on Nebraska from growing up in Nebraska with Devaney showing up in '62. I watched my first game with Nebraska when they played over at Air Force. This would have been when I was probably in eighth grade, so that would have been probably oh mid '60s, and. I got recruited by Nebraska, but I was not given a scholarship at Nebraska. I was given scholarship offers from other places, and I turned them all down and walked on at Nebraska. So playing at Nebraska and getting a scholarship was um, monumental to me because I was told I wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, and, and that's just like crazy. That Do you think that like Nebraska's kind of, the recruiting within Nebraska itself, uh, at least for these Nebraska teams now uh, in, in the modern time, is not really super important. Do you think that the amount of players like from Nebraska, like we, Grandpa was talking about, you got Johnny Rogers, uh, Jeff Kinney, all those guys are coming from Larry Jacobson. All those guys are coming from Nebraska and they're building the cores of these teams. Uh, do you think that Nebraska not really focusing on recruiting and winning their state 
is is hurting the performance of the team now, or do you think that it just was a mentality thing with well, you guys? There's he- probably some borderline kids like me that eventually did make it. They didn't weren't offered a scholarship. Those kids in my in my boat now get scholarship offers from Wyoming with uh, those guys out there. Um, they get they get scholarship offers from other schools, maybe smaller, and so that kind of uh, eats into the to the Nebraska recruits a little bit. Um, we we will always need Nebraska kids, and there's always going to be enough talent in the state to yeah. uh, put people on the roster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What was the first game that you well that you played in, and the first game you started at Nebraska? Well, I was fortunate enough when I was a sophomore, I was number two cornerback behind Jimmy Anderson at right cornerback, but I was the uh, on the special teams. So my opening game against against Oregon, I got to tackle Bobby Moore on the really? opening kickoff. Wow. <laughs> who eventually changed his name to Ahmad Rashad. But Dan Fouts, Ahmad Rashad, Leland Glass, uh, they came in with a bunch of hot shots and really thought they were going to stick to us. <laughs> But talk about Randy. Talk about the um, you were. Uh, I think this is after Johnny left, and you were back to receive the punt and and the defensive team. I don't remember who the team was that they were saying, well, "Ignore number nineteen. Um, he's not going to. He's not going to." Well, our here. opening game, our opening game, my senior year, it was Tom Osborne's first year as head coach, and okay. so the networks wanted to televise his first game as head coach. Yep, and. Coincidentally, John Rogers had graduated. We had been beaten by UCLA out there the year before. Yep. And so we opened up at home against UCLA. And Pepper Rogers said in the pregame stuff, not the pregame stuff, the pre-week stuff, that at least they didn't have to worry about punting to Nebraska because John Rogers had graduated. <laughs> and Monty Kiffin got a hold of the paper article. And he was, let me see, he was upset. I'll, I'll put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he told the special teams, he says, this is a personal affront to every one of you. So the very first punt against Nebraska with a Tom Osborne coach team returned at 77 yards for a touchdown, came out of the north end zone. And there's Coach Kiffin about three-fourths of the way across the field, screaming at Pepper Rogers, calling him every name under the book, asking him if he did, got a good enough look at that, of not worrying about punting to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is my Lord. That is amazing. So um, was, that's crazy. You were on two national – or sorry, not two. You were on one national championship winning team as a, as a freshman. At um, the time I played, freshmen were not allowed to play on the varsity. We had our own four-game schedule. We went undefeated. But then the varsity um, – the chips fell where they, where they needed to fall on, on New Year's Day, and they beat uh, LSU and Burt Jones down yeah. in the uh, Sugar Bowl. And so won the you, were, you were not there for that game? I was not there for that game. Oh, I was okay. home in Alliance, Nebraska. I still remember with the place and room and TV that we watched it on. <laughs> wow. Couldn't believe it. Just <laughs> wow. fantastic. Couldn't wait, get, couldn't wait to get back to school and start winter conditioning. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. And then uh, in 72, you guys uh, against uh, – or sorry – uh, yeah, sorry. And then you're talking about losing to UCLA that previous year in 72. Previous year, we'd lost, um, to, U- yeah. they'd, we'd lost, to, lost to UCLA. That, no, the previous year would have been my sophomore year. We opened up against Oregon and beat them. That's the year we went undefeated. That had been my sophomore year. Okay. And then you guys had and been. The next year when I was the- a junior, we got beat out at 
at UCLA. At UCLA. John, John Rogers was a senior. I was a junior. And then the following year, he graduated, and UCLA came into town for our opening game. Yeah, okay. And, and I, I was I was at that UCLA game of uh, of 72. That was the only time I got to see. I was living in California. Sure. And uh, Mrs. Husker Dan and I went to that game. Efren Herrera kicks his field goal. Yeah. I still hate him. I hate I hate. Yep. I don't like Mark Harmon. I, I refuse to watch any series that he's on. I really? I, and we were there with a, a couple who were graduates of UCLA. I mean, I talk about the, you know, the, yeah, we were just the worst people to go to that game with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, that's the only uh, game I got to see Johnny Rogers playing and, and, uh, Things were different back then, as Randy well knows. Not every game was on television. It was no, yeah. special, special slots there. But what We're was on TV? Probably three or four times a year, at, at best. You, wow. you you went into that um, '72 game. You had you didn't have Jerry Taggy. Uh, you still had, uh, and you didn't have uh, Jeff Kenny was was not playing. Nope. They they graduated the year before. And then you had a new quarterback, Dave Hum. David Hum. But what was the what was the uh, I guess the the thought going into that game, hey, we're Nebraska. We, we haven't lost since September 11th of 69. Uh, we're going to kick their butts or what? Well, the mindset was this was Devaney's last year. He had announced yeah. his retirement. Yeah. Um, he was going for three in a row. We hadn't gotten beaten in two years. Why, why start now? Um, we had a new quarterback. We had a new eye back. There was some new offensive linemen that we needed to plug in. So it was a case of learning, getting over the hump. Defensively, we thought we were pretty good. Um, on the road, new quarterback, kind of we moved the ball on him, I think. Offensively, we just didn't get a lot just didn't get a scores that we uh, that we should have. And uh, the longer you let a team hang around with you, the more dangerous they get. Yeah. We didn't yeah. come in and step on their throats. It, yeah. you, had, you had, I think there were three or four turnovers in that game. That yep, were, there were. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just but like they had, a, they had a lot of good running backs, and Mark Harmon was a quarterback. Kermit Alexander comes to mind. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's, go, go ahead, Grandpa. No, no I was just, no, okay. go ahead. Um, and so after that season, Devaney retired, and then he started playing for Tom Osborne. What were the differences in – was there any difference in mindset between those guys' coaching style? I imagine there's a difference in coaching style, but Osborne was working for Devaney, so was there was it that hard of a transition for you? Well, to... from, my, from my point of view, there was not a big difference. Um, I was a defensive cornerback. Warren Powers was my position coach, and Monty Kiffin was defensive coordinator. So as far as the defensive goes, it was seamless. Nothing changed. Um, Osborne handled the uh, team team meetings, the, the announcements, when you have to be on the bus, what time we're leaving, what time we're going there. Um, it, it was pretty seamless. I think Tom will tell you that was the first year he was head coach. And then and, and the year before was Danny's last year as head coach. You could definitely see that Danny was more like a chief executive officer he had people hired to do their jobs and he would uh, be a little bit more hands off Tom's first year. And he tried to maybe do it, do it all himself, make sure it was all done. Um, you know, be a be at meetings and stuff. 
that and, and he he admitted later he said that was that was not the way to do it you need to hire good good assistant coaches and get out of the way and let them do their job but yeah. tom was ultra ultra involved hmm. grandpa um yeah just uh going back to devaney and and osborne the the when when devaney appointed you know the, the this wasn't a democracy. You didn't take a vote. It was Devaney handed the reins to Tom Osborne. Were there any other coaches there who are were a little miffed that they didn't get the the job and it was given to? And and Tom was a relatively young guy then. Uh, any other coaches, uh, Randy, uh, who were disappointed in that? Yeah, I think there were. Carl Selmer was our, one of our offensive line coaches, and he left Nebraska not too long after that and went down and was head coach at, at Miami. And then on our side of the ball, Coach Powers and Coach Kiffin both wanted to be head coaches. And it wasn't too long after that that Coach Powers left Washington State. And uh, Coach Kiffin, I believe, went out to North Carolina State to be both to become head coaches. Right, right. But the one thing I'll tell you in spring ball that year, Tom is a new coach that's, that's the uh, head coach, and he's kind of primarily involved in the offense. And Coach Kiffin and Coach Powers were on the defense. We had some uh, winner-take-all scrimmages that year, and there was no doubt that Coach Kiffin and Coach Powers tried to send messages to, to uh, Coach uh, Osborne about who, who was better on that team, the <laughs> offense or defense. Imagine that uh, competition, yeah. Um, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I, I'm sure glad that I got to uh, talk with Bob Devaney and, and – uh, I didn't obviously know him, but and I've had occasions to visit with Tom Osborne. Those are two of the greatest coaches, not just at Nebraska, but to ever have coached the game of college football. And I sometimes, you know, the the youngsters uh, out there, they 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 don't know Devan, which is really too bad. And they may have some some uh, inkling of who Tom Osborne is, uh, but. They were, you came to the Huskers at an incredibly great fertile time where everything and everything was new and, and winning a national championship in 70 for the first time split it with, I think Texas, wasn't that, that what we did in 70? I think so. And then, uh, and then the 71 team was voted by, I'm, I'm not sure it was ESPN or somebody as ESPN the, and sporting news. Yeah. The best college. greatest team of all time in college yeah. football. I mean, yeah. holy cow, uh, that is, it, it, I guess that's the, the thing I keep going back to. You're from Alliance, Nebraska, and you're playing with, you're on the biggest stage that is possible. You cannot get a bigger stage in college, in the game of college football than what you played. I, I, I think that's just, I think it's amazing, amazing. When you're out on the football field, you, it's interesting when you, when you think of the crowds now, 94, 95,000 and stuff. When you're on a football field playing, you are concentrating so much on your responsibilities. I used to joke, I didn't hear the crowd. You're concentrating on, on your man. You usually have keys. If the fullback goes away from you, if the fullback goes towards you, then what do, what do you do? Um, you're concentrating so much on, uh, on the game and your, your responsibilities and stuff. You don't hear the crowd. I mean, it's just amazing. Wow. That's insane. I mean, like, I, I can't imagine I, stadium sizes are much bigger now than they were, but I can't even imagine tuning out like 
as many people as would have been at those games that that you were playing at. That's that's just well, crazy we, amount of. We I love playing on the road because we the other team would sell out their stadium because of their interest in Nebraska <laughs> and then the Nebraska fans traveling. And it was always fun in the middle of the third quarter to watch their fans walk out. <laughs> That's awesome. It was um, uh, we, we have, a little uh, badge of badge of honor. Abs, yeah, <laughs> give them a little tattoo. Yeah, out of Kansas or Kansas State or Oklahoma State or Iowa State, and, you know. And then our on non conference, we played a lot of teams out in the Pac-12. We played a lot of teams, and now they call it the SEC. And it would be fun to go. We call it empty in their stadium in the third quarter. <laughs> That's awesome. We we uh, we've asked every uh, guest on this show, I believe. Uh, well, we had we had Bill Williams, who wasn't really in into football, but uh, ask him about <clears throat> you know two of the greatest, or I should say, biggest, excuse me, <clears throat> biggest uh, changes in the game of of college football happened in within the last uh, two well year, a little over a year. But Randy, what are your thoughts on the NIL and the transfer portal? Those things are two explosive uh, changes in this game. I, I, don't, I don't understand the transfer portal. Um, when we were playing, we had guys on third and fourth team, and they were an integral part of Nebraska from a practice standpoint. The better you can get your, your third team or fourth team defense to, and let your starters practice against them, the better they are, the better picture you get. And so they were, they were definitely part of the team an integral part of uh, producing a national championship. So I don't, I don't understand the lack of loyalty of having people go into the transfer portal. Um, I understand why they're doing it. Um, it's good in theory. As far as a cohesive locker room, it doesn't make any sense at all. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a band of brothers. You're all pulling the wagon in the same direction. And when you go into that transfer portal, uh, I just can't even fathom it. it and then, you know, have kids come in. That, that's one way to break up your locker room. Every year, we, they would recruit in one or two junior college kids, and they had to be real careful about bringing those kids in so they didn't divide the locker room. Yeah. Well, and then, and then, um, yeah, and then UCLA, which we spoke of, and USC getting added to the Big Ten Conference. Are you excited to see uh, that addition, so we kind of get that we Nebraska is going to play on the West Coast more. Um, yeah, I, and, I don't know any inside information, games. but I think their footprint now goes from UCLA and USC on the West Coast, clear back to Rutgers on the East yeah. Coast, and you're going to be able to have uh, a recruiting base. That if you go recruit the kids in California, you can say you're going to be on TV. We're going to be out here two or three times playing USC and UCLA, and I don't think all the chips have fallen. I think there's still more to more to come. I think the yeah. optimum lineup is to be to have about four or five conferences of 16 teams, maybe four teams, four conferences of 16 teams. And that's when you're going to expand the playoffs more than just a semifinal and final. You're going to get more people involved. And it's it's all about chasing money. And here I'm going to get on my soapbox. It's all about chasing money and paying head coaches seven, eight million dollars a year like down at Alabama on the backs of amateur athletes. Yeah, somewhere that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And uh, yeah, I mean, expanding Nebraska's footprint is always good, but it's the reason that this is happening is because of all the NIL and transfer portal stuff that's going on, and that's just set all this in motion. Uh, do you think that the NIL transfer portal, all this realignment of conferences, do you think this is going to end up 
helping college football viewership wise or entertainment wise? Oh, I uh, think. Or do you think it's going to hurt it? No, I think I think viewership wise and stuff, any, anything that you can package and put on TV, which they can do now with all these uh, different um, conference alignments with ESPN and Fox. And, you know, you've got these guys coming in for game of the week. Um, Nebraska Oklahoma this year is going to be on Fox, going to be Fox's game of the week. Uh, you're going to have the interview shows here. You're going to have the, 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 the game on TV. But it's uh, it's generating um, unbelievable amounts of money in cash. And my question is, is, is that right on the backs of amateur athletes that participate in it? But I think yeah. we're definitely we're definitely heading towards the SEC being 16 teams, um, the Big Ten being 16 teams. I don't know what other major conferences are going to be up there, but uh, there's going to be some pretty good schools left out. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's all going to work out, but right now, you know, if you look at the Washington states and Oregon states, they're, they're, they're scrambling. Yeah. And, and people will say, well, they'll, they'll still be around, but you know, Southwest conference uh, went belly up. They when Baylor and Texas tech and Texas and uh, who's in the, who's the other one. I'm, they all came to the, to form back then yeah. in 96, the, the big 12. Yeah. They were all cheating down there. They had to dissolve yeah. the conference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but you look at the Pac-12. Of course, they used to be the Pac-8 and the whatever. Right. And then they've been around like forever. So, but you mentioned Washington State. But look at Washington and Oregon. Those are those are two big. And they're players. they're the two teams that are rumored Dan to be the, the next on the line to join the, the Big Ten. Big Ten. Those two teams in Notre Dame. Well, it, it, Notre Dame is Notre Dame, so they're gonna they're gonna wait. They're going to oh yeah, wait. exactly. They want a sweetheart <laughs> deal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and it and it makes sense geographically. And to get uh, to get a hundred million dollars, I think that's what they're saying that each uh, each share would be a hundred million bucks or thereabouts. That is, I mean, I mean UCLA, uh, who is obviously coming to uh, to the Big Ten. Was I believe it was a hundred million dollars in the red, Randy? You know, oh yeah. Me. Well, some of these some of these people operate operate in the red. You know, unlike Nebraska, Nebraska has they operate in the black and take extra money and give it back to the university, give it back to the state. Yeah, yeah, for That's, sure. So that uh, you know, for a team like UCLA, this is a where do I sign up? I mean, this would be crazy oh, no brainer. Set up. Yeah. No, it is an yeah. absolute no brainer. And it was a no brainer for Tom Osborne to get out of the big 12 because that thing was crumbling the foundation. Well, and Texas, Texas came in the first yeah. day that they were in the conference and acted like they'd been here all their life. And they yeah. owned it. They wanted to move the basketball team uh, championship back down to Texas. Yep. They wanted to do this. They wanted to do that. And, um, Coach Osborne didn't like that. He didn't. He, Coach Osborne, I don't think it's a secret. He did not like Texas. No, he doesn't like what yeah, they stand no. for. He doesn't. He doesn't like the way they recruit. And how much, how much satisfaction did he have, and did you have beating Texas uh, after the '73 season? Oh, wonderful! I mean, and to go down there and hold them <laughs> without a touchdown. It was. Oh. It was nineteen to three. It was a, a wonderful situation. We got caught once again with not scoring many points, but we sure kept them from scoring. I, I got to play in three bowl games. I got to play in an orange bowl my sophomore year, an orange bowl my junior year, and a cotton bowl my senior year. Wow. And Nebraska's defense of those games gave up six, six, and three points. 
Wow. Never gave up wow. For years. Where's that defense now? My goodness. Uh, well, Randy, thank you so much. Uh, it's it's really been an honor to, to have you on here and have another uh, – well, I guess you weren't at the national championship game, but still a part of a national championship winning team uh, at Nebraska. Uh, we thank you so much for coming on. We'd love to have you back another time, so thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Appreciate Randy. It. Awesome. All right, and uh, we will be back next week maybe with Clayton Anderson. Uh, we're going to get that figured out. Um, but we might just discuss fall camp stuff and our expectations for the season, just grandpa and I, um, but there'll be an episode next week. Uh, but other than that, we will see you guys later and uh, go big red. <laughs> <laughs>